time last year we were making around $30,000 a month. And now you're... We were so close. We got to like 96. We only started about two and a half years ago. There's so many things. There's not really one secret sauce or one thing that I could put it down to. There's a few things. How I overcome fear is I literally look at what is the absolute worst case scenario. Somehow this is going to kill me. And I'm like... Okay, cool. What's the first most obvious option? Yep, sweet. Let's go. Like, I don't, I don't think about things. I just like, I take action fast. I fail fast. I learn quickly and I pivot and I move on. Today's guest is a passionate entrepreneur, seven-figure agency owner, travel lover, and an unshakable optimist that is on a mission to create a global movement aimed at helping people create an extraordinary life. She started her entrepreneurial journey at the age of 22 after finishing a degree in communications and advertising. She took a huge risk by moving to Bali to go all in on her business when she only had one client. Since then, she's started multiple companies and now runs Level Up Outsourcing which is a virtual assistant agency pairing international business owners with VAs in the Philippines to save them time and increase profitability. Since starting her business two years ago, she's been able to grow a team to over 90 people now with online experts in areas of all over business and has now grown it to over $100,000 a month. She is now moving in the speaking world to share her message and show you how you can build the business of your dreams and start living an extraordinary freedom lifestyle. So please help me welcome the girl who went from working at her parents' bakery at 16 years old to now the CEO of a million-dollar online business making an impact all over the globe, my friend, Miss Taylor Victoria. Woo, thanks for having me. <laughs> that was a lot longer than... Sorry for the long it, intro. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know it was that long until I was reading it. I was like, God damn. Uh. Hey, it's good to see you here. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's uh, you. <laughs> obviously, we've been friends for ages, and then yeah, the other day I asked you, I'm like, you don't come on podcast? Yeah, I've been waiting for this. <laughs> I have been waiting a while for yeah. my invite. I love it. But so, tell us a little bit more. Like, so in the last year, I've really seen you grow. Mm-hmm. You've absolutely freaking exploded your business. You've exploded your growth. Talk to us about. What was the journey like? So this time last year, what, what were you making roughly? Uh, this time last year, we were making around $30,000 a month. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So talk to us what's been, and, and now you're, last month, 100 or something. Right? Yeah, yeah. We did, we, we were so close. We got to like 96. We had a couple of failed payments that didn't come through the system. I was like, ah, oh, God damn it. So Round, rounds up. To yeah, 100. exactly. Rounds up to a hundred. Yeah. So yeah, we, we basically hit a hundred before Christmas. So that was crazy. That's insane. So tell us, what was the difference between 30K and 100K you guys did in a year? Because it's also quite a new company, right? Yeah. We only started about two and a half years ago. So I mean, there's so many there's so many things. There's not really one secret sauce or one thing that I could put it down to. There's a few things. So firstly, uh, definitely one of the main things was actually coming to your events and working on myself, developing myself and working on my own personal development because you're 
business will only grow to the extent that you grow as a person um, in terms of your limiting beliefs and all of that sort of stuff. So working on myself was a really big one. And then just starting to build out more of a sales team and really focus on sales. Like that is, I think, such a key thing that people forget about particularly in the service-based industry, which is what I'm in. Like a lot of, if you're a creative person, you always tend to focus on the working in the business and doing the creative stuff and not enough energy goes into lead generation and marketing and sales and building out a sales team. So yeah, last year I put a lot of time and energy to start um, building out sales teams, building sales funnels, all of that sort of stuff. So I would say those are probably like the two key things that really um, helped the business grow. Love it. Which is the two main things of everything, right? Our internal world and the external yeah. world. So the yeah. strategy and, and the mind that controls it. Mm. I want to park that. I want to come back to that. But tell us about how long have you had this business for now? About two and a half years. What, what were you doing before then? So... I had two businesses before this. Um, straight after uni, I, I started my first business because I couldn't find a job. And so what I started uh, a social media marketing agency, but I obviously had never worked in an agency, so I had no idea what I was doing and it <laughs> was not very good. Um, and I had a lot of like money mindset issues, limiting beliefs that were sort of holding me back. So literally in that business, like the most I ever made was like two and a half thousand dollars a month. Um, and then I went into business partnership with a lady that I met in Bali. We started a video production agency. So um, were you just like making up shit as you go along? Like yeah. it was just this ambitious attitude and this desire to not have a job or like, what was it that was? Yeah. So I grew up in Canberra, which if you, you know, Canberra, you know that you don't want to be in Canberra. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, basically as soon as I started my business, I moved to Bali. Um, but I only had one client at that time, which was paying me $600 a month. And my rent alone was $700 a month. So like from day one, I was on the back foot, like you, can I swear on this podcast? Whatever yeah. Want. Okay, cool. So when you, when you, have to have enough money to live you fucking figure shit out like you don't have any option it's either you get clients and you figure your shit out or you get kicked out of your place and you don't have enough money to buy food so it was like I I had no other option besides figuring stuff out so that's how I learned like people ask me oh how do you learn all this stuff YouTube Google mm -hmm. online courses like there's so much information out there you just have to not let the fear of learning new skills hold you back um, so yeah, that's, that's sort of how I got started with the first business and then had the video production agency and learned heaps from my business partner. She'd worked with brands like Samsung, Spotify, like all of these massive brands over in Europe. And I learned so much from her. Um, and then that didn't really feel in alignment anymore. We were helping real estate agents to sell more houses in America and I'm not very passionate about helping yeah. middle-aged men sell houses. So, <laughs> um, so yeah. Okay. This is what I want to, I want to break into your mind here i understand yeah because we'll go and do certain behaviors if we believe that the behavior that we do is going to give us a result that we believe is attainable for us yeah so like you just said like all and i agree like look at all these podcasts we do like we've got nearly 200 episodes on this podcast now with the most insane mm -hmm. value i could 100 percent charge for this stuff mm -hmm. and a lot of the stuff i give here i put into my programs and stuff yeah and so there's so much information accessible. There's YouTube, there's books, there's there's even really just cheap courses that people give away as lead gens that are actually still extremely valuable. Mm. But people don't, either they don't do it 
or they don't actually go and purchase it or or listen to it for free or they don't do the things that they learn. Mm. But you just said like you're out there getting on YouTube, learning all the stuff, which tells me that you had some sort of belief governing that that had some certainty around the stuff you're going to learn. Do you know what your primary belief is around yourself and your ability to execute? Yeah, I I believe that I can achieve anything that I put my mind to. And I don't know where that... I think actually that belief came from my parents. Like my parents never... My dad had his own business when, when I was younger. And so my parents never said, no, don't start your own business or no, don't try that. Like they were very encouraging and always like said, yeah, try anything that you want to. Um, so I think that definitely helped. But yeah, I've just always had this sort of um, optimism that if I put my mind to something, I can achieve it. So it really wasn't a question of, in my mind as to if my business would succeed and maybe it wasn't the first one. It was just about when, Mm. like, it's just about the right timing. As you say at your events, like the right timing, the right you and the right vehicle. Um, The right environment. And the right environment. Yeah. So Bali business, the the right timing. And like, I had to work on myself as well. So um, yeah, I I guess that's sort of where it came from. Okay, cool. So talk to us about, so you, you started this new company, Level up outsourcing. Yep. About a year ago, just over a year. Is that right? Oh, no, two years, you said? Yeah, two and a half years. And then last year, your partner left the business. Yeah. Leaving you on your own. Talk to us. What was that? Talk to to everybody about that. Because that's why I think a lot of people are going to get. Like, here you are, a boss-ass female, building it with your partner. And then then he chooses to go build something else. Mm -hmm. Leaving you as the... CEO, the operator, mm. everything on mm-hmm. your own. Mm-hmm. What was going through your head? Um, <laughs> I Fuck you. Fe- <laughs> yes, literally. Like, uh, <laughs> I almost said that to him. Um, no, it was really difficult because for him, it was a very logical decision. He could see the projections and the growth of the business. And at that point in time, in his head, it wasn't going to be growing fast enough to support both of us mm-hmm. with the goals and the vision that we had and the income that we needed to live life here in Australia. So for him, it was a very logical decision. We're not going to be making enough money to support us both. And he was running out of savings. So I'll leave to start something else and then we'll have two dual incomes. But he didn't explain that to me at the time. So, uh, he's yeah, he's a man. He's he like doesn't share his feelings. He just like does things. Just go and fix shit. <laughs> Me fix. Um, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> he didn't explain that. And he basically gave me like a week's notice and was like, yeah, um, I'm, I'm going to go and build another God to God business. Um, and then like a few days later was like, yeah, I'm going to be out on Wednesday. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? And, like I had a week's notice from like a logistics and operations point of view, a week's notice is like not enough when he was like in charge of all the sales, like bringing clients in lead generation and helping to operate the business. But from like an emotional point of view as well. So, and I think something that he didn't take into consideration was the fact that for me, this business was our vision and it was our life that we were creating together. And like we poured our heart and soul into that business for the first year together. And I was so excited. Like I loved building that business with him and it was so much fun. And it was like this vision that I had for us. And then he just like 
ripped it away almost because for him it was logical. We need more money. So I'll start a different business. But he didn't really take into consideration like my feelings and also the stress that it would put onto me for the whole like next six months basically when I had to build out, like I had to bring in multiple new team members to replace the jobs that he was doing. Cause obviously like when you own a business, you wear so many hats. Mm -hmm. So I needed like three or four team members to replace everything that he was doing. And it was just so much extra responsibility. Like, as you said in the intro, we have 90 people in the team now. And for me to be solely responsible for paying 90 people and their livelihoods every single month, like that is so much responsibility. Even when I still think about it now, I'm like, holy crap, how do I do this every month and still like sleep at night and don't have a nervous breakdown? Um, So it was, yeah, from a logistics point of view and from an emotional point of view, it was very difficult. But I think now, like coming out the other side, it definitely um, was for the better because now I can actually, yeah, the business has exploded and I can grow the business in the way that I want to. Whereas before it was like, we had to sort of compromise and we have very different styles of running businesses. He's very reserved and conservative and looks at all the potential risks and is very calculated with his decisions that he makes. And I'm like, Okay, cool. What's the first most obvious option? Yep, sweet. Let's go. Like I don't, I don't think about things. I just like I take action fast. I fail fast. I learn quickly and I pivot and I move on. And that's the opposite of how he ran business. So I've learned now that it's actually better that he left because now I can run the business in like the crazy, what I think is fun way that he thought was crazy way. That's exactly how I do. I I think you'll, you'll, like I know you'll learn 10 times more mm. by just failing it and yep. just testing yep. than actually potentially sitting back and researching and seeing, well, what if? Because you got mm. no freaking idea. Mm. And yeah, I love it. Have you ever thought about living a life with more freedom, more certainty, more clarity and confidence? Have you ever thought about what it would be like for you to truly live a life by design, not by default? If so, then listen up. Guys, I've got something absolutely incredible coming up that you guys are want to be a part of. It's called the Life by Design Summit. How to create a life on purpose with passion and freedom without needing to have it all figured out yet, even if you don't know where to start or if you've tried everything before. Look, chances are if you listen to this podcast, whether this be the first time or the 100th time you've listened to this, you are a dream chaser. You are a go-getter. You have big ambition inside of you. You have this burning desire inside within that is just waiting to be unleashed and to go into something worth meaning, right? Otherwise, you wouldn't be here listening. I've literally created this summit specifically for you. It is a virtual event, so it doesn't matter which country you're in. You can get access and jump in live with me for three and a half hours, okay? In this summit, you're going to learn the secrets that I've learned, that I've, I've developed over the years to build the life of freedom that I currently have now. You're going to learn how to find your purpose in life and actually get paid for doing something that you love. You're going to learn how to discover unlimited motivation, even on the days you feel lost, stuck, and you don't want to do anything. And you're also going to learn my four secret pillars to bridge the gap from where you are right now to the life you truly desire. Guys, there's no better time than right now to attend this upcoming summit is going to blow your freaking mind to top it off 
this is not some free shitty masterclass free webinar where i'm just gonna bore you to death give you 10 percent value and then just fluff you around waste your time and then sell to you this is three and a half hours of pure gold pure value specifically for you so you can get to the next level in your life tickets are 47 dollars. that's it and there's not even a sell on the call so what are you waiting for Hit the link in my bio right now. Hit the link in the description below of this episode. Get your ticket and I'm going to see you live in person on the virtual event coming up next. Guys, I cannot wait to see you on the Life by Design Summit. Let's talk now about, you know, you said you had to work through a lot of stuff like becoming the right you. Mm. Um, Talk to everybody about can you share this story actually about when you invite me over for Taco Tuesday and we were talking? Yeah. I think that was a really interesting point of your journey that I want yeah. I want to hear the biggest things that because me watching your growth, you freaking exploded after you just tweaked a couple of things. So mm. talk to us about that. Yeah. So uh, when I first met Morgan, I, I invited him to Taco Tuesday at my house. And <laughs> basically, we were sitting around the dining table. Everyone's always talks about like business, personal development. And um, at that point, that was sort of right when my partner had left the business. And I had a lot of limiting beliefs that were coming up for me, like especially um, having such a big team. I was freaking out about having to be responsible for so many people. I was worried about if I was going to be able to make the business succeed or if it was just going to fail. Um, I just had so many limiting beliefs coming up within myself. And so you said to me, well, you should, you should come to my dream out loud event. And I was like, what's, what's that? And you're like, Oh, it's a three day personal development event. And I was like, Oh, I don't know. Like I've been to so many personal development events. I probably know everything that you're going to (laughs) teach. And, uh, you said to me, okay, well, could I ask you this? Do you practice it on a daily basis? And does your bank account show it? I was like, hmm, okay, send me the link. I'll sign up. <laughs> so I literally signed up the day before the event. I was still very resistant. Um, and I came to the event and I felt like my whole world changed in that in those first three days because really, like, as you know, so many people that go to the events, they just like smash through all of their limiting beliefs and really like you walk out of the room as a completely different person. And that is so what I needed at that point in time because I was having so many doubts which is unusual for me because usually I'm a very confident person but I just because of the situation I just had so many limiting beliefs and so yeah we were able to smash through all of those can you remember what the biggest one was for you I think there was sort of two main ones um One, I was really worried that I was sort of going to like run the company into the ground because my Mm. parents both ran, they they had a bakery when we were little and they both have now had to claim personal bankruptcy. The business went into administration. Like we lost the house. It was like I was carrying a lot of, um, I was just very scared that I was going to turn into business owners like my Mm. parents because that's where I learned the first sort of business skills that I had was just watching them. So that was a first, the first one that was really big was just the fear of running the business into the ground. Um, and then the other one was just, I guess, fear of success. Like I have such big goals and ambitions for what I want to do with the company. But at that point in time, I was like, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to do this. Like, 
it's I don't know. I was just yeah, totally doubting myself. There's the fear of success and the fear of failure. Yeah, which is so <laughs> it's it's the paradox of fear that most yeah. people live in because and then that's what keeps people here because they're like, well, shit. If I if I apply myself, I might succeed, and that's scary. Mm. But if I if I apply myself and don't and it, and it doesn't work, then I might fail. <laughs> that's also scary. So I'm just gonna sit and do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna sit in this torture. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, it's which crazy. Is so, so then obviously you, you, which, which I love that because, you know, it says so much about, like what I said before, it's the the types of behavior, or skill sets that you choose to acquire or hire mm-hmm. based off your beliefs. Like everything runs off what we believe is true. Mm. Um. So, what were some things you've done in your business and applied to your life and, and stuff after with new beliefs, obviously? Well, what, what do you believe to be true now about your ability to succeed and grow your business? Yeah, I believe that no matter what I put my mind to, anything is possible. If I decide to do it, then I will do it. Yeah. I'm literally at the moment like um, applying and researching, coming up with pitch decks and stuff to get investors into the business and like get funding, which is so exciting and so crazy like imagine if we get funding and it like we can expand globally and like it's just going to put the business on a whole different trajectory i don't know how to say that word word. trajectory something along those lines you say really fast (laughs) trajectory (laughs) trajectory yeah okay yeah so it'll it'll put the business on that path um and it's just like a year ago i never like before i went to your events that wouldn't have even being something that would come into my brain or come into my consciousness. I would never even think that that is possible, that my little business from like the Gold Coast could get funding from an investor to like expand globally. Like it's crazy. So it's just, yeah, it's just been a crazy wild ride. What, what do you think is the number one belief that business owners need to have and embody to become successful? I think that the main one is don't be scared to fail. Like that really for me has been the biggest thing because if you fail, like, so what? What you learn a lesson, like people get so scared and, and also like, don't care what other people think about you. Mm. Like people get so scared of failing and what other people will think if you fail. But if you, if you if something goes wrong, just take it as a learning lesson and then just pivot and do something different. Like you don't have to fear the business not going well for a couple of months or all of these sorts of things that people get so scared about. It's like, okay, well, so the business hasn't grown that much for the past three months. Cool. Well, let's just put a plan in place for how it can keep growing and then we'll just do that. Like people just build things up in their head, people. I, myself, and other people as well we build things up in our heads to be way way more of a big deal than they actually need to be yeah yeah people um i was gonna share this before actually like people just blow it up they always make it sound so much freaking worse than what actually is yeah and how i overcome fear is is i literally look at what is the absolute worst case scenario somehow this is going to kill me it is. Well, if something kills me, that's probably the worst thing that could happen. Yeah. Anything between that and here is is relevant. Yeah. You know, and so I'm like, well, what if it kills me? So I brought this into, this is how I overcome the fear of skydiving. <laughs> I spent the last week doing it. And because I was thinking this, and I'm like, well, here's the thing. If I died skydiving, then that was the plan. I, I can't do anything about the plan, the universe, or God, mm. 
whatever has for me. Mm. And we can't actually control that. I truly believe this. And I don't think there's anyone out there that could prove that to be different. Mm. No one knows it. But I just believe that when your time's up, your time is up. You've got to do the absolute best you have right now. And and then someone said to me, they're like, yeah, no, but if you do an extreme sport like that, you increase your chance of dying. No, I believe I increase my chances of living a kick-ass life in the moment I have here now because I might die skydiving, yes, but if, like, there might be, like, you could drive a freaking car, yeah. you leave the studio right here and die. You mm. know, it's like, but if you are trapped in fear of your whole life, then you'll never really truly freaking live. Mm. And if you can't die doing the thing, like starting the business, going out there and asking for an investor or anything like that, then you've really got nothing to worry about. Because mm. the worst thing I can say is, like, I think that the brain just interprets someone saying no to us as like dying yeah it's freaking mental yeah do you have any tricks or hacks or anything like that that help you overcome because i'm sure like in your day-to-day life you still face the things like oh i don't want to do this how do you overcome that if they um happen? yeah i i sort of i don't know i just have this like crazy optimism of like everything will work out yeah like uh, it's not yeah i truly do believe that everything will work out and even if something bad happens like that's what, as you were just saying, that's what was supposed to happen. You either had a lesson that you need to learn or you had to experience a certain thing to be able to grow and develop yourself as a person to for the next better opportunity to come. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really have like a little trick or something. I just truly do believe that everything will work out. No, I love it because like you've started this whole podcast talking about beliefs. Mm. And, and the things you're saying proves that like you now have a belief that everything's figureoutable, everything will just work itself out, which is what I do as well, mm. which helps me take action towards things. But I think the thing that may be stopping people from taking action is they need to reverse that and go, mm. well, what's the belief behind this? Like, well, what if it doesn't work out? It's usually something like that, right? Yeah. But I'm curious to know, you got a team of 90 people, mm. right? And I'm, I'm assuming it's a bit chaotic. <laughs> How do you manage your stress? Uh, sometimes, to be honest, not very well. Uh-huh. Um, I cry. I let myself cry, which I feel like sometimes, especially as female entrepreneurs, like I've been talking to a couple of girls recently and they feel like they're not supposed to cry because like if you're a female and you're a leader, like you're supposed to always like contain your emotions and stuff and I'm like no fuck that just let yourself cry so like I actually give myself time like I allocate a certain amount of time to feeling stressed or sad or whatever emotion that I'm feeling I'm like okay I'm gonna feel sad till 4 p.m and then after 4 p.m I'm fucking done and then we're just getting back on the horse so like I will give myself a certain amount of time to feel that certain emotion and then I just get back on with it um but also just trying to making an active effort to do more fun things in my schedule, which I know we've had so many conversations about. Like I actually now have allocated time in my schedule, half a day per week to do fun things. And this was my fun thing this week. Cool. It was on Friday afternoons. So yeah, scheduling. Cause I'm, I've, I go by my schedule, like my schedule, my Google calendar is my life. So I had to literally put it into my schedule to do fun things, to actually relax and de-stress myself um, because otherwise I would say, oh, yeah, I want to do more fun things. Like I need to be less stressed and then you just never actually do it. So, yeah. yeah. I, th- I think it's super important to find those things that turn your brain off. Mm. Yeah, for me, it's as simple as a movie. 
And because I just know, like, as soon as I just put that on, it just trances me out or something. But it's just like my brain's just off and I'm able to, like, not physically relax, but it mentally relaxes me, right? I just don't have to, I'm not, because my brain's just always going, always going. And, and I pushed it for so far for so long. Yeah. And it just got unenjoyable. Mm. And what I've realized now, the more I can actually look at that and, and do the same, like, my week's quite structured. Um, like, my assistant runs it. Mm-hmm. So I don't usually know what's happening day, like, I usually know it's happening tomorrow, mm-hmm. but not really the day after because I don't like to worry about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's super important bringing things in like that. And when I started having a lot more fun, mm. my weeks and my days, my income went up, mm. which was just so interesting. Like, And then I, I developed a new belief, a new mantra that was like, the less I do, the more I earn. Mm. I love and, that. and it happens. It happens. Hey guys, just want to jump in here super quickly and remind you to grab your ticket for the upcoming Life by Design Summit. Now, just wait here for a second. You're listening to this podcast because you want more from life. You want more from life. You want to create a life by design. You want to dream out loud, don't you? Otherwise, you wouldn't be wasting your time listening to my voice every single week, would you? So wouldn't it be nice for you guys to be able to speed this up? Wouldn't it be incredible for you guys to accelerate your growth, accelerate your learning and accelerate your freaking life? Guys, that's, this is what the Life by Design Summit is all about. It is truly here to help you create a life on purpose with passion and freedom. Okay, this is a summit where me and you get to actually hang out, interact with each other live on the at the virtual event. Okay, now, if you've been listening to this for a while and you're, you're someone who you're, you're young, you're passionate, you've got a burning desire for more in life. And life is just not where you want it to be just yet. You want to have more freedom, have more clarity, have more certainty and truly start living a life by design, not by default, not what the system has programmed us for, then you'll be at the Life by Design Summit, period. Okay, hit the link in the description of this episode. Get your ticket. There is one coming up. It's just around the corner. So I cannot wait to see you there. And we're going to dive deep into teaching you how to find your purpose in life and actually get paid for doing what you love and the four secret pillars on how to bridge the gap from where you are to that dream life. Okay, guys, go ahead and get your ticket now. You can feel so freaking amazing about uh, securing your spot now, being an early bird person. And then when we get onto the call, you're going to feel so freaking confident, so certain in your decision that you've made the right decision because your life is about to freaking change. All right, now let's get back into this interview. How about... What, what I loved, you, you said, he said, this is one thing my, my mentor taught me ages ago, mm-hmm. right? You're like, okay, so I'm going to cry, but till four o'clock and then I'm done, <laughs> which I freaking love because yes, I agree that, you know, you've got to address your emotions if they come, like they're like worse and suppress them. It's like pushing a beach ball underwater, mm. but I love that you're strict, you, you're disciplined on yourself to not let it be a victim, mm. like victim to it or continue it. And my mentor says all the time, he's like, is like no story, no problem. Like if something happens in your life, don't attach a story. If we attach a story to something, we make it mean something, then we create a problem from it. Yep. But he says this, he's like sometimes the event that happens in your life is a pretty fucking big event. And he gives this, uh, this example, he's telling me one time, he's like how his son Ben, he bought this, this nice car and he, he loved this car. It's like a little hipster car. He loved it. He, was, and he saved his money up and he got it. And then he crashed into a tree and he wrote the thing off. And they towed it back to his house and sitting in sitting in the driveway and he walks past and he sees Ben. Uh, well, this is actually, his, I'll tell you the story because it's just fucking great. He crashed into a tree after the tree was a cliff. Oh. But he crashed into the tree. 
Wow. So David rocks up and he says to him, nice parking job. <laughs> and he's like, that's his dad, right? Yeah. He's like, yeah. And he goes, he goes, are you okay? He's like, yeah, I think I'm okay. And then so he didn't mention, oh, you could have gone off the cliff because it didn't happen. Yeah. And I think a lot of people like, well, look what could have happened, but it didn't. So stop putting that negative shit in your head and mm. it didn't happen. Get over it. Yeah. Right. And then he goes, okay, so where were you going to? He's like, I was going to work. He goes, okay, well, go to work then. He's like, but I just had a crash. Yeah, but you said you were okay, right? Go go to work. Don't make up a story about it. Like, it is what it is. You're not hurt. Go to work. Yeah. We'll tow the car home. So he tows the car home and he's sitting at the front and he sees me, walks past and he's really upset about the car still. And he says to him, you're really upset about the car, right? He's like, yeah, kind of. And he goes, how long do you need to mourn? He's like, what do you mean? He's like, well, yeah, you've written it off your car. You really loved it. How long are you going to give yourself to mourn for it? And he's like, I don't know how long. And he goes, well, I know it's a car. Not that long. And he's like, can I have this today? He goes, yeah, sure. So mourn for today and tomorrow get over it and go on with your life. Yeah. And I think it's just such a powerful way to look at it. Like we get to choose like, and even the worst things, people can die in our life. We can go through breakups. We can lose things, lose the business, lose the business fund or whatever. Mm. But, and, and if you have an emotional day, you can look at it and be like, okay, this is fucked and this is happening right now. How long am I going to give myself to mourn for it? And then after it, I'm going to pull my laces back up and I'm just getting on with it. Yeah. And, and, and I think it's so freaking important to do that. Mm, definitely. How about when it comes to managing a team? <laughs> what, are your, what are your tips? You, you've exploded. You've exploded a business and mm. organization in this last year. Surely, you know things that many other people don't. How, how do you manage your daily operations, your team, all this? Delegating and optimizing as much as possible and automating as much as possible with software so that humans don't have to do it. <laughs> You're like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, stuff hurts my head. And how about when it, when it comes to leadership? Yeah. Uh, like, who's, like what, what's your position you play in your business now? CEO. Okay. Yeah. So who is under me? Yeah. Like who's, how many people do you have in like your corporate executive team kind of like managers, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So in my internal team, I have um, a COO, Jess, who helps me like run the whole business. Um, and then we have a HR manager. Um, and we're sort of like, we're sort of at the point where I still have to be multiple managers. Like I'm also like CMO. I'm also like chief of sales, like, um, but yeah, we have a HR manager and then we have team leaders, um, underneath HR to help manage the wider team. So our company is broken up into groups of 10. So there's one team leader to every nine virtual assistants. Um, and so they help to, they help HR to manage the team and HR help Jess to manage like the HR side of things and just manages like the whole business pretty much with me. Um, and then I'm still sort of like in sales and marketing as well. So how, how do you make sure that everyone's doing what they need to be doing? So we set KPIs um, and so we work with our virtual assistants to make sure that they're hitting like KPIs for their clients. We have KPIs for the whole internal team as well so that they're working, they, they're very clear on what they need to be working towards within the company, um, which sort of sit underneath the overall company goals. So we have like three company goals that we're working towards every year and each person 
has like individual KPIs that are helping the company achieve their goals. So we sort of like set the company goals and then reverse engineer what everyone in the internal team needs to be working on. Um, but also again, like systems software, we have like, we use monday.com, which I know you've just started using <laughs> or your team has started using, <laughs> someone else is doing it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really just about like tracking things, holding people accountable to, um, what they're supposed to be working on. And, um, if they're not doing that, then just having the conversation with them and saying, Hey, this is your KPI. You've fallen short three weeks in a row. What's going on? Do you either need help or is the KPI not achievable or are you slacking off? How, yeah. how do you, what are your keys to motivating your team? How do you keep them all motivated? Yeah. Something we've actually introduced recently. We started doing it in December of last year is just more regular catch-ups and team meetings, which sort of sounds counterintuitive, but we now meet on ones, uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday for 30 minutes, like my internal team I'm talking about, not all of the VAs, but we meet Monday, Wednesday, Friday. On Monday, we like set the goals for the week. We look at everyone's KPIs and we do a bit of a review of the week before um, so that everyone's really clear on like, what went well last week and what didn't go well and what they need to focus on this week. Then on Wednesday we meet and I teach them something usually around like personal development, how they can sort of better themselves in their role or um, that sort of stuff just so that we're all, cause everyone in my team really values growth. Like we're all, we've done personality tests and everyone really values growth. So I'm always teaching them new stuff. And then on Fridays we come together, we look at what went well this week, what didn't go well. We give feedback to everyone else in the team, like everyone else gives feedback. And then we also share the love um, and just give everyone like compliments because a lot of people in my team have words of affirmation is their love love languages. Yeah. Um, and so that doing implementing those has made the team feel so much more close knit and everyone's working so much better together because we're meeting more rate. Like, especially when you have an online team, it can feel hard. Like sometimes you feel like you're not even in a team because like you might meet yeah. with other people once a meet once a week. Um, and you're not, you don't really talk to them that much in Slack. Whereas like when we're actively meeting regularly, we're learning together, we're having fun, we're sharing the love. Like it makes us feel so much more close knit and it's increased everyone's productivity heaps. So yeah, I would definitely recommend doing some sort of. I like that. Yeah. I was going to ask you that like, cause yeah, cause your whole business is virtual. Yep. And so what are some problems you've ran into building a virtual team and how have you overcame them? Yeah. So one thing is like tracking people's like not necessarily in my internal team, but like the wider team, all of our virtual assistants, like task tracking can be really hard when we're actually not involved in every client's day to day of running the business. So making sure that people are, being proactive, staying on top of all of their projects and showing up and doing everything. So one way that we overcame that was just by like implementing team leaders um, that every single day are going into Slack, checking that people are working on things, that they're being productive, um, that sort of stuff. That has helped a lot. Um, but still, like occasionally there are people that fall through the cracks and we, we won't notice for a couple of days, like if someone hasn't been as productive as they should have been. So it's one of the most difficult things about running a virtual assistant agency is that your business is people and people can be unreliable and people cannot show up and people can 
have typhoons in their area and people can have bad internet. And like, so there's so many variables that like, no matter how much we try to control them, we just can't control all of the situations. And it's really frustrating sometimes as a leader, like you're, especially like when you're still on a sales call, you're like, you're talking, talking it up, like you're making these promises. And then to have uh, a virtual assistant who, in the interview process and in the trial period has said that they're going to act in a certain way and they've mm. made certain promises and then they start the job and they don't, it can be really frustrating. So Yeah, because you're like acting on behalf of... Yeah. Yeah. What What's something you wish you knew earlier on in business? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, one thing I wish I knew earlier is actually just in terms of generating leads, like take a more proactive lead generation approach. We get so many clients that come to us and their business isn't growing because they built a website and they post on social media and they're just waiting for clients to come to them. And I'm like, do reach out, like do organic reach out on LinkedIn, Instagram, cold email, run paid ads, like do make YouTube videos, like do all of the things, but be proactive in your approach. Don't like so many people are so passive and they just wait for referrals or they wait for clients to fill in their contact form on their website. And I'm like, that's not going to happen unless you're dri- like you're actively driving traffic there. So I think that was a big thing that I learned in this business. Like, and one thing that really helped us grow so quickly last year was just like I- implementing paid ads and taking s- like way more proactive lead generation approach. What What's something you wish you did earlier? Um, hired salespeople, hired more salespeople. Uh, yes. Did you do a lot of the sales in the beginning? Um, so when my partner was still in the business, he was in charge of like all the sales side of things. Um, and he was quite resistant to building out a sales team. Like he didn't really want to, cause he didn't have to manage. He didn't want to have to manage them. And then when he left, like I didn't have an option. I did not have enough time in my day to be doing all of the sales calls, doing all the lead generation and appointment setting, plus running the business, plus managing the team, creating all the content, everything. So I had to build out a sales team. And that's really when we started to see the growth. Like it just compounds so quickly when you bring on new salespeople because it's like Archie, my current sales guy at the moment, like he's capped out at, he works 40 hours a week so he can maybe take like max 30 calls a week because he still has to fit his admin and meetings and stuff like that. But if you bring in another salesperson, that's 60 potential sales calls your business can do per week. It doubles the amount of clients that you can bring on. So it's just like, it compounds the growth so quickly. When when scaling, what's, what's the most important thing? Because like when I'm hearing that right now, and as good as that sounds, go, well, I can just put in another salesperson and double the amount of sales coming in. Most people would hear that and be like, that's amazing. But I also look at that and be like, that could be a potential problem because can't you also just scale too fast? Like if like if the infrastructure is not built and you brought yep. those clients and just bottles up. Yep. What's the most important thing that you've implemented this year that's allowed you to scale rapidly like that? Um, it was building out our systems and automations more. So... Um, last year, actually in July, we had to pause hiring because we at that time had one HR person and we were hiring for 25 new positions and she was having a mental breakdown and like I was helping with HR. My COO was helping with HR. Like it was just so crazy. What's the HR do? 
like recruiting, like the inter, like so they post the job description online, conduct interviews with all the candidates. They have to read through all the um, resumes, all that sort of stuff. Okay. Um, and so yeah, she was trying to hire and find twenty five new people at one time, and our systems just like were breaking. I was like, this is not working. So we had to we had to pause, and I built out all of these automations in monday.com and we hired a new HR person um, and, yeah, we just sort of automated and systemized as much as we could plus brought in another person um, so that we could deal with the workload because realistically, like, if I came to if I came to a lot of businesses tomorrow and said, here's 100 clients at, at once, that yeah. they, they want to start tomorrow, they couldn't deal with it. Yeah. Like, you can't deal with that many people. So you do have to actively take time to make sure that your systems and your current team will be able to deal with a lot of clients that all get onboarded all at once. Mm. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And that's, I guess, why you're so handy because you help people influence systems into their business. Yeah. Don't you? Yes, I do. So where can everybody find you and everything that you do so they can check out all your epic stuff you do and maybe even look at having you help them. Yeah. So uh, if you need a virtual assistant to help save time and increase your profitability in your business, you can check out Level Up Outsourcing on any of the social platforms or just Google Level Up Outsourcing. And if you want to come check me out on TikTok or Instagram, you can just look up taylor.victoria and I will pop up. You'll, you'll, you can't miss her videos. Their <laughs> eyes are popping out of their head. <laughs> <laughs> I get so many people nasty comments on TikTok about yeah. my eyes. Yeah, from our ads, like people are like you have fucking crazy eyes, and I'm like, yo, at least my ads generate leads. So at least I you're don't talking care. about me, bitch. Yeah, I was like, yeah. <laughs> keep commenting. Yeah. You're increasing my videos engagement. So yeah. I love it. That's so great. Okay, awesome. To wrap this up, I got a final question. Yep. Are you ready? Yes. If you were to go back to your 18 year old self and give her 30 seconds of advice, what would it be? That is a great question. Um, it would it would be to not listen to what other people tell you because at that time I was still very much in the mindset of like, oh, mum and dad said I shouldn't do this and like my teachers said I should go to uni and blah, blah, blah. But like I just didn't really – I don't know. Uni was such a waste of time and money and I wish I just spent that four years of my life like actually – working in someone's businesses and learning the practical skills. So just be like, don't doubt yourself. You like, just, just back yourself. You got it, girl. <laughs> oh, love it. Thank you so much for listening. And if you got value from this episode, it goes such a long way. If you can just take 20 seconds of your time, leave me a five-star rating and written review, then screenshot this episode and share it to your story. And make sure you tag me for that shout out. And until next time, guys, go out there and dream out loud.